0: Yes, hello and welcome to another episode of the ProcureTech Podcast, where every episode we bring you everything that is fun, exciting, and innovative in the digital procurement space. We are continuing again today with our mini-series talking to industry thought leaders, content creators, and experts, and getting their take on everything that is happening in relation to digital procurement and how it's really impacting what they do uh, for a living or for their role within the wider procurement community and my guest today is director of procurement content uh, for casmi casmi is a membership organization for procurement professionals And as I'm sure Graham will tell me, uh, they have a rather unique approach on how they do things. Specifically, they don't have sponsors. So, uh, Graham Crawshaw from Casme Warm, welcome to the show. James, thank you. Great to be uh, talking with you again. Yeah I was on your podcast actually what was it, about 3 months ago we're talking about all things digital so we'll probably touch on a couple of similar topics I'll uh, I'll leave Absolutely, the link actually in the show notes to that one if uh, if you want to check out Casmi's podcast where uh, where I was their guest full disclosure as well I also work as a freelance facilitator for Casmi. just in case anyone was wondering so Graham just give a quick very brief whistle-stop tour of your career in procurement, and ultimately then when you landed with CASME and how long you've been working with them.
1: Okay, so I'm one of those quite unusual people that wanted to go into procurement as soon as I left university. Wow. I studied at Coventry. (laughs) There aren't many, many and, and it was because the course specialized in the sort of different types of procurement. And back well, many years ago when I graduated, it was certainly quite a good thing to to get a job. And whereas my fellow students had struggled to get jobs, they'd studied finance or marketing in, in the procurement side, we've got three options. Because the organizations uh, and in fact it was uh, british telecom ICL remember that name both sort of were very uh, very keen to uh, to take on the uh, graduates. but I ended up working for thorny M i and that got me eventually into the uh, the music industry and uh, supported procurement in all types of both direct procurement, looking after Components that went into producing compact discs, vinyl, even music cassettes, and then also looking at indirect procurement, working with marketing and, and packaging, and all things connected with uh, with making uh, with making music. Did that within EMI, and and then as a consultant, supported other music companies. And it was at that point that I, I first got to know about Casme. Jonathan Lyles, who owns the company, got me to facilitate a few roundtables, just as we ask you to do, James. Well, my story ended up with me becoming a, a full-time employee and and responsible now for all of the procurement content of everything that we uh, that we do at, uh, at Casme. So really strange how my career has evolved. I worked in uh, Los Angeles at Capitol Tower for almost four years. And uh, yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I think now is such a great time to be involved with procurement. Why would you want to work in any other function? <laughs>
0: Well, probably to have an easy easier life these days, but no, I get it. Um procurement can be can be fun if you're with the right company and you're not drowning in processes. <laughs> Indeed.
1: That is true. Very true.
0: So we were we were talking before we went on air. You started doing facilitation for Casmi round about the time of the last sort of great financial crisis recession back in 2008. Yes. And you've been full-time for the past, what, five years, six years? Yeah, time goes on when
1: you're having fun. So yes, it must be around that, uh, that point.
0: So casting back to your time in the music industry and then also then sort of pivoting to... Your role now, to what extent back then versus now has procurement technology impacted you or, or, or the business or, or, you know, the type of content and roundtables and, and facilitation events that you're putting on these days in relation to what you were doing, say, 5, 10, 15 years almost ago when you first joined CASMI.
1: I did my entire thesis on computer aided procurement, wow. which I should probably blow the cobwebs off. But you'd be cringing if you read anything that from the uh, the, the early nineteen nineties. And what I've seen is technology being slowly applied and introduced at almost the same point of, of procurement itself maturing, taking greater control, involvement, working better with the organization, with with stakeholders. I think it's gone very much hand in hand. Now, have the tools kept up with providing what procurement needs? I'd say no. Yeah. Has it been easy? Absolutely not. Is it Easy, and have we got all the tools that we need? now? no way. If anything, for large companies, it can be a massive challenge. I think we're right in the middle. We know our appetite has been whetted, if you like, with what can be done. But it's a question of, well, how do we actually get there? What needs to happen? How can we invest? Can we even justify the investment? And are there the tools that are mature enough to really give us what we're looking for?
0: That's a great answer. And I'll pick up on a couple of things that you mentioned there. So you said that technology has matured with procurement, but the technology hasn't perhaps kept up with the pace of what procurement needs. And I think that's a really interesting observation. I I would certainly agree with that. With that in mind, can you give me one specific area of procurement or even wider supply chain in general, if we look a bit more holistically in terms of things like transparency and traceability, is the one area where you think technology will have or is having or or perhaps has the potential to have the biggest impact, bearing in mind that perhaps historically it hasn't kept up, but certainly in the past, certainly since COVID and even you could argue going back to around about 2017, when you started to see an explosion of sort of more best of breed, agile startups in this space, there it, it really started to be a mushrooming of different options that were out there.
1: You know what, I'm going to start with procurement analytics. And actually, the... Procurement analytics is more the slightly advanced approach because for many companies, it's still back with the basics of spend analytics. I would say more and more companies have got that under better control it still can be frustrating if you've got multiple ERP systems, if you've got other complexities of organizations that perhaps have, through acquisition, have got different sort of systems or different taxonomies to work. It's not easy. But what we are seeing is that maturing of understanding spend, but then making it more into procurement analytics to help and provide the information to actually make decisions, turning that data into providing insights that procurement can use with uh, stakeholders. So I think it's very much moving and building on that transactional, that data that says what you've been buying to make it much more sort of value-focused and so it, it, it's a journey. I would suggest most companies are going through that at the moment.
0: So so you're saying that even though spend analytics platforms have been around for a while, and I think Cievo is probably the oldest one, and they've been around since 2003. Am I right then in understanding that you're saying that the, the advancement in AI and in machine learning and in some of the capabilities of the software is allowing us to push more frontiers in terms of you know, really understanding and getting the, the machine to analyze our spend without having to then sort of take that data offline and, and play around with it in Excel.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I think that is where it is developing, but it's, it's still going to take time. We, we had a, a, a webinar ourselves that at CASME, we had around 400 procurement professionals contribute. And out of those 400, we still had 30% of people saying their procurement analytics was limited to spend analysis. A further 20% linking it and saying it's at data management level, a further 25% saying it's at descriptive analytics level. I think, James, that there is a perception that everyone, every other company is much more advanced than (laughs) your own company. And I don't believe it. I think when people are honest... Everyone is frustrated, but are going through that process of, of really trying to move it forward to get that data so that they can turn it into knowledge and actually use it to run the business.
0: And I think that's even more insightful when we consider who you're typically coming into contact with in, in your CASME roundtables, because broadly speaking, Casmi represents category managers and procurement professionals, for more sort of enterprise or certainly larger companies, doesn't it? So, I mean, when, yes. we're not talking about SMEs or, or even, you know, the lower end of the mid-market here. We're talking pretty much enterprise and large companies. So, yeah, so even when they... Absolutely. You know, and,
1: and 200 of yeah. them. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, even when they haven't got... To, 200
1: yet. of them as well. So we do get that uh, perspective. Yeah, I think it's, it's almost, I do wonder whether companies that are of mid-size have actually got it a bit easier because maybe they haven't got all the operations in different um, countries, different uh, cities around the world. I also wonder that procurement may have a easier process of justifying investment, whereas actually with the large companies that are constrained by their investment and use of the the very well known large ERP systems that we all love to hate, they then it's you've you've not got that agility. You haven't got that flexibility just to take it from a procurement perspective. I see so many frustrations because these systems are from a finance perspective, not specifically procurement.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. And certainly You know, with what we're doing at procurementsoftware.side, our target audience is really the, the mid market because there are other websites and other portals and research houses that cater more towards enterprise. And my take on this is certainly you're right in terms of putting together, getting spend analytics is going to be in most cases easier for that side of business because size of business, because they don't have as many legacy systems. I think where the challenge comes is that. Typically, in mid-sized businesses, you're normally going to get a head of procurement or a CPO that's probably come from corporate and taken a step down to a smaller company to get a, a head of role and to get more hands-on exposure. and And their team is inevitably going to be smaller and you know somewhat more leanly resourced. and He's not he or she's not going to have a center of excellence or a or, or, or an internal consulting team. I think that's perhaps where there's more education that's necessary. And also just because of salary requirements, they're often not going to have a team of A players because of constraints that they have on on being able to pay for the best talent. So I I think there are pros and cons on both both sides. But I definitely agree with what you're saying with not only the ERP systems, but if these large enterprises have have implemented... One of these legacy source to pay or source to contract providers, x number of years ago, and you know paid in most cases, you know a seven-figure sum for that investment. When you consider you know all of the consulting and, and adaptation that they've had to do of the out-of-the-box tool, you know you're absolutely right to be able to put together a business case to go back to the CFO and say yeah, this doesn't really do what we want. We need some more tech. It is it is a little bit going with your tail between your legs, isn't it, to to a certain extent? It, It
1: is. But that's why we've seen some of the technology that bolts on the top and has, through the development of the APIs, has got the ability to communicate so much better. And I think those that ability to communicate has improved literally over the last sort of two, three years. And therefore, you don't need to rely on the massive ERP system, but actually get your knowledge and data from the, 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 the bespoke software or the the, the system that you, you've got sat on top of it.
0: Yeah. And I think new graduates coming in, you know, Gen Z's, they're not going to have the patience to figure out how to use, use a legacy ERP system or even some of these old-school source-to-pay platforms. you know They want an Amazon-like, I know it's a bit of a cliche, but they want an Amazon-like experience. And I think UI and UX is only going to become more and more important. I think there is a growing realization that, especially if it's a platform that people need to use outside of procurement for anyone that requisitions or does quality management or anything like that, for example... It needs to have an easy user interface. Spend analytics, okay, maybe not so important because outside of finance, it's basically just procurement that use it. But yeah, I think that is a big differentiator, who's using it, and that should then drive to what what ease of use you need or, or, or what level of intuitiveness you need from the platform.
1: But also having the ability to interpret that data into conversation, into reports, into presentations that are going to be accepted by stakeholders. Yeah. I think the data just presenting PowerPoint with a few charts and graphs on it. That, that's not the answer. It is this interpretation of what data that you can get access to and how you can then use that to tell the story, to get the message across. And I think that's what I'm now seeing. More and more of that interpretation and wanting to also understand what other co- companies are doing and, and how other procurement functions are working. And, uh, and I guess that's, that's the beauty of CASME. You bring people together, have those conversations and support the data with the peer to peer understanding and then present that to stakeholders to help define and work on your category.
0: Yeah, and I wanted to touch on that a little bit because you obviously get to have a lot of conversations with people from very different organizations. And one of the unique things about Casmi is that there is you know, no sponsorship. You, your, your monetization model is from, is from the members rather than from software companies or solutions providers. So you are always going to be, yes. as a facilitator, completely agnostic in that regard to what extent are you finding technology or digitization as the driver behind procurement improvement journeys or um or you know centers of excellence the the agenda that they have in relation to some of the other big hitting topics that are out there like talent retention and sustainability and you know wider supply chain issues through geopolitical instability where would you rank it in terms of the thing that 's driving the agenda,
1: I think the challenge that procurement 's got is there is so much going on at the moment, so to put a ranking is really difficult. Digitalization is certainly on that top, probably five of projects, but so is risk management, so is sustainability and dealing with supply chain disruption and of course, number one at the moment is inflation, yeah, dealing with that, so I think Procurement recognises that the tools are really there to help and support rather than the be-all and end-all. And I think it's that balance that needs to be taken into account. But I think procurement's good at that because I think we get so involved and deliver so much value in different areas that that actually it works. And a great procurement professional has got that ability to, to juggle all things, whether it is working negotiating internally with the the CEO or whichever level they're operating at, and also negotiating with, uh, with suppliers. So digitalization, all these systems, it's almost a means to an end. I guess just putting it in perspective, it's there, it's got to be done, but it's not always easy to get that business case. And there are other priorities that mean that procurement's struggling a little bit I would suggest to to really devote the time and as you say James get the right resource the skilled resource to to be able to get the most benefit from some of these uh, advances.
0: Yeah and doing that half-heartedly is a recipe for disaster isn't it I mean I had um, on one of on the last series I had Professor Dr Florian Kleiman. he's a he's a lecturer at Munich University of Applied Sciences and he talks a lot about change management and we had a great discussion on that and how right. you know, that's vital to any sort of digital transformation success. I'll, I'll link to that in the show notes, actually. Flo is a great guy. Hey, so just a quick interlude to let you know about procurementsoftware.site. This is a new website that I recently launched to give you, the listener, a free-to-access intuitive guide to digital procurement technology. You can filter on a multitude of different criteria and pick out a short list of procurement software solutions that are relevant to your business and your needs in less time than it takes to boil an egg. No corporate subscriptions, no complex jargon, and definitely no pay-to-play model. We are a completely transparent, open book and we really want to get your feedback on what we can really do to make this user experience better and constantly improve so as we're providing value to you. Check out procurementsoftware.site and now let's get right back to this week's podcast. You recently did... A panel discussion on what you termed e procurement, but I think just for clarity, it's you know wider you know procurement technology in general. What were some of the insights or outcomes of that discussion? Just talk to us a little bit about that. Yes, absolutely, uh, James. So we were looking at what are the
1: activities and processes that that e procurement sort of helps the most. And, and when you look at the results, it's very much processing requisitions, processing purchase orders, automating the, the accounts payable systems, controlling all of those sort of work, uh, workflows. We also asked about the spend under management. So that's a phrase we often talk about mm. within uh, procurement. And it was really interesting because out of the almost 200 people on this discussion, 20% were managing more than 90% of spend, so wow. big ticket the box for them. Yeah. But then 25% managing between 75 and 90, 20% between 50 and 75, and 24% between 25 and 50%. I hope that works out. But basically, quite big chunks of differentiated uh, groupings there, and it just demonstrates the type of journey that organisations are going through. Not everyone has got all of this under control, which is uh, which I find is absolutely fascinating. In fact, fifty percent of that group said that the e procurement system has been developed and implemented. Thirty percent saying it's being in the process. Of, of implementation. So we're making progress. It's good to then exchange and share things at work and, and challenges that are, are faced. But yeah, there's still quite some time to, uh, to go on that. In terms of training, in terms of getting people equipped, ready to implement these systems, well, 75% said they relied on on-the-job training and gaining that experience, rather than some of the other e-learning systems that there are. So it just shows you the value. You've got to get these systems in. You've got to use them, develop them, work them out for yourself. Then they can start to deliver some value to the business.
0: Was there much correlation in terms of industry sector and spend on the management, or or was it fairly random?
1: To be honest, James, I I don't go to that level of, uh, of detail. I mean, it'd be fascinating to know... And I, my sense is, yep, certain sectors, certain industries are mature than others, but then complexity kicks in, and as we said a few minutes ago, that can actually almost be a, a counter-efficient issue because of the, the large um, multi-sort of countries that you're trying to implement these uh, these systems. We tend to look at it as a whole and and, and look across all of the uh, the, the, the sectors and industries.
0: And Casmi is actually pretty global, aren't they? With the, with the exception of Latin America, you're pretty well represented globally. So that's a pretty indicative study of what's going on.
1: Oh, James, no, we, we're, we've got... Uh, no, Latin America is a big tick in the box. Oh. Um, South Africa, if you're going to pick up on one region, South Africa is an area that we're, we're weak in. But Latin America, we, we run our uh, Portuguese-speaking events in Sao Paulo and Spanish-speaking in Mexico City. So uh, Latin America is a fun, very important region for really getting a feel for, for what is going on in, in North America. And, and I would liken it to sort of the, the APAC region in terms of overall procurement
0: maturity. Interesting. Okay, so I didn't know, genuinely didn't know that. (laughs) Every day's a school day. (laughs) (laughs) So, just to wrap up, then, Graham, to appreciate your time, where's the best place that people can learn more a bit about you or connect with you or about what CASME does with different events and content that you put together?
1: So, obviously, CASME.com is the website. Casme Network is the, the LinkedIn name for the uh, for the company. And, and I'm very active myself on LinkedIn. So Graham Crawshaw, really, it's helpful actually having a surname that makes it easy to find on LinkedIn. So uh, those are probably the best three ways to uh, come and find out some, uh, some more as to what we're doing and what I'm passionate about when it comes to procurement.
0: Awesome. We'll link to all of those in the notes. Graham, it's been a pleasure catching up. And uh, yeah, all the best. Cheers. Thanks, James. So that was Graham from Casme with some very interesting insights from his many, many years within the profession and also facilitating and putting content together uh, for a leading procurement practitioner network. So always good to talk to someone that's got a lot of inside info In that regard, just a quick one before we sign off. Don't forget, procurementsoftware.site is your one-stop shop if you want to get a quick overview of the different procurement tech solutions providers on the market. Free to use for anyone on the buy side, and you can search and filter based on multiple different criteria. We've now got over 300 solutions listed, so you'll definitely find a short list of what you're after thank you again for listening to the show take care and until the next time bye for now